As we continue our series in the Psalms, just want to say welcome. And uh, you'll remember from last week, we looked at a Psalm that we were talking about sheltering under wings. And of course, that was not a political conversation. We were not urging people to shelter under the left wing or the right wing, but the Psalm taught us to shelter under God's wings. So as we're sheltering in place, we're learning how to shelter in grace, that God really is the only safe person and safe place where we have security and safety and peace. And so uh, that was last week. If you didn't get a chance to to see that or tune in with us, we invite you to uh, go and listen to that. Today, we're looking at Psalm 138. uh, And what we're going to learn is that while we're living in a crazy, and I do mean crazy world, we are still called to give thanks. And so today we're going to look at four parts here of Psalm 138. Uh, Give thanks to God, uh, God who, and thank God how, thank God when, and thank God why. Yeah, those are some questions we want to answer as we look at this Thanksgiving uh, type psalm. So let's read Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for the steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted, for you are exalted above all things, your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Let's take a moment right now of quiet reflection. And I do. I invite you, as I'm invited right now, to begin to quiet your heart. Begin to still your soul so that God can teach us about how to give thanks. Let's just take just a moment right now and quiet our hearts. Let's pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the only living and true God, we give you thanks and we pray right now that you would shape our hearts, that you would make us people who indeed give thanks, that you would teach us how to do so, you would teach us when to do so, and you would remind us why we do so. We pray all this in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank God who? Right, so every thank you note that you can ever remember writing has uh, an address to it. You're addressing someone when you're thanking someone in this thank you note. Yeah, perhaps those cookies that someone or that uh, banana bread that someone surprisingly (laughs) uh, dropped by your place 
and, and just gave you a wonderful surprise. And you, you want to reach back out to them and say, thank you. They're, you're going to address it to someone. You're not just saying, wow, thank you, cookie. You were amazing when I ate you. <laughs> you are going to thank someone uh, that gave you the cookie or where the cookie came from. And so I ask you this morning as we're getting into this psalm together and as you're thinking about how you give thanks to God, I ask, um, to whom do you express your thanksgiving? Uh, you, we, you can feel gratitude sometimes just because you're having a good day. You, you can catch a good wave perhaps when you're surfing and think, wow, what an amazing wave. I'm going to give all my thanks to that wave or that very uh, great surfboard I have or just my circumstances or perhaps just your hormones are on the up and up. And so that's uh, what you give thanks to. Uh, uh, you've heard the phrase, thank goodness, right? Many of us are, uh, are used to saying that phrase, thank goodness. But what in the world does thank goodness mean? To, to, to thank goodness it's, it's, it's almost a safe way of not putting any person or personhood to the word goodness. But the psalmist is inviting us to look a lot deeper whenever we're expressing thanks. That we wouldn't just stay in, in this uh, superficial realm when we give thanks. Like, oh, thank goodness. Or I thank my stars. But we begin to, to thank God from whom those good gifts came from. See, when we say just thank goodness or it'll all work out, instead of thanking God that God has some mysterious plan for it to all work out, we're moving away from God, actually. We're reading perhaps a Bible verse and we're seeing the word Lord in the Bible and we see the Lord's attributes and then we begin to focus on the virtues themselves. We begin to see the mercy of the Lord. We begin to see the goodness or the beauty or the peace or the grace of the Lord. But then slowly we begin to focus on those virtues themselves and we begin to, to thank the virtues instead of thanking the person who gives us mercy and goodness. So the psalmist is wanting to start out with us right here. Thank, thank God. Who? Exactly. He, he names this God. He wants us to move toward God. It's a person named the Lord. That we begin to enjoy God himself, not just the gifts or the things or the stuff that God gives us. Look at verse 1 with me. It says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart before the gods, small g there, uh, before the gods I sing your praise. Before other gods I give you thanks and I sing your praise. Now, you, you and I may be aware of all the pressure that those little g, not capital G God, but little g gods, all the pressure that those gods put on us. We feel the force of other ideologies and cultural gods like greed or money or power or position or pleasure. And sometimes we're guilty to, to giving thanks to those things that bring a certain level of comfort or pleasure 
or hope, or we sometimes think security in our lives. But again, David is telling us, thank God who? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Elsewhere in Psalm, Psalm 86, verse 8, the psalmist says, There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours, O Lord. So we want to learn how to give thanks for God and for who God is. Look in verse 4 here in our passage. Here in Psalm 138, he's thanking God that though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly. That's right, it's giving thanks for God's attributes. Thanking God for, for, for who God is. And I just simply ask, what's your favorite attribute of God? When you think about thanking God, an endless list of attributes should come to your mind. My wife has encouraged me and frequently talks about a creative way that she does this, and she literally goes from A to Z, A to Z, thinking about the, the attributes of God. And I'm really grateful for that exercise, that creative way just to think about and to thank God for all the attributes of God, not just the things and the stuff that God gives me, but who God is. And that's where the psalm is starting out for us here, is to thank this God for God's attributes. Thank God for God's forgiveness is another attribute that we see of God in Psalm 103. And I ask you, what sins has God forgiven you of? When you think about thanking this God, call to mind certain sins that God has forgiven you of. When you thank this God for forgiveness, we're mindful of King David and even Peter in the New Testament. Uh, Just two people in Scripture that we see who make bad decisions, sinful decisions, and then they receive God's forgiveness, experiencing God's amazing grace. Remembering God's attributes may make you remember God's creation, thanking God for his creation. And once again, not just thanking the sunshine, but thanking the God who made the sun. Psalm 136, I ask you, where is your favorite spot in God's creation to spend time? When you're thankful and you're truly, truly grateful for God's creation, turning that into a prayer and thanking not just the mountains or the sea or the weather that you're enjoying, which we get to enjoy all of that here in California, but praising God for that. Giving thanks for God's word is another attribute. Psalm 119 does that for us. And so I ask you, what Bible verse or what chapter in the Bible has shaped your faith most significantly. Can you name that passage? You you, want to thank God for God's attributes and who this God is. The second thing we learn in this psalm is thank God how? Thank God how? And yeah, all thank you notes, not only is the thank you note addressed to someone, some person that you want to thank, but there's an expression that communicates thanksgiving. What does it look like to thank God? 
What does it look like to thank God? Well, the psalmist here is showing us that uh, in verses one through three, it means singing. Yeah, thanking God includes singing. It, it doesn't mean just keeping it inside, but it means belting it out, saying it out loud, singing it, he says, bowing down and remembering answered prayer. That's what it looks like to be grateful and to give thanks for God, to call to mind answered prayers. Luke 17, Jesus is telling a story of 10 lepers. These 10 lepers came to Jesus looking to be healed and then all 10 of them, Jesus healed their leprosy. And one of them turned around and came back to Jesus and said with a loud voice, thank you, thank you. See, when all of them, all of those 10 lepers were, were walking away from Jesus, realizing, looking at their skin, that their skin had been totally restored, it was only one of them that turned around and came back to Jesus and said, thank you. And Jesus asked this very interesting question. I thought there were 10 of you. And where were the other nine? They, well, most likely they were so excited about the gift God gave them, but not truly remembering who this gift giver was. And so not really expressing the thanksgiving. Verses one through three here in Psalm, Psalm 138 is teaching us that the way we do this, uh, thanks, uh, thank God how, it, it looks like singing, bowing down, remembering answered prayers. It basically means gratitude for grace, seeing yourself in need of God's grace. Gratitude, not grumbling, is another thing that it means. See, it's evil not to thank God. Romans chapter 1, verses 21 mentions that they, they didn't give thanks to God. They, they acted as though they were their own source. They didn't need to thank God. In fact, everything that they needed came from themselves. They just looked to themselves for everything. And so with true gratitude that's there, it's gratitude for grace it's not grumbling for more. And also gratitude and not just greed. That, that thing inside of you and me and others, and, and here in America, we, we deal with this quite viciously, but just greed, wanting, wanting more. And after we get the more, wanting more, that more is never, ever seems to be enough for us. I just encourage you here in, in the thank God how? Think of creative ways to say thanks to God by singing, by writing, by dancing, perhaps, as we see David doing in the Psalms, dancing unto the Lord, singing with thankfulness, responding to the steadfast love of the Lord, journaling, perhaps, Perhaps you keep a box somewhere in your house where you write little notes thanking God for different things that you've seen God do or different attributes of God and you begin to deposit those thanksgivings into that box so that in another time, especially when you're going through a very dark time, a very difficult time, you can begin to read and remember what you gave thanks to God for when things were going great. 
The third thing we'll learn here from the psalmist is thank God when? Thank God when? Well, an easy answer. When do we thank God? It's before meals, right? We gotta say grace. And some of the people that you can be eating with at times are just saying, just hurry up already. Let's eat already. Or here's our prayer. We're grateful. Amen. Let's eat. Um, Try something new. Try something new when it comes to saying grace. Perhaps not only just say grace at the beginning or say a prayer of thanks at the beginning of the meal, but perhaps say thanks at the end of the meal. That'll totally shock everybody that you're having over for dinner. They may think you're totally unorthodox. (laughs) Uh, But try saying thanks after the meal to shake it up a little bit. Try even to get super wild and crazy. Try to say thanks somewhere in the middle of the meal. And again, it's not saying thanks to the food. Oh, food, aren't you so great? (laughs) Thank you, God, that you're a provider. Thank you, God, that you've looked upon us with mercy. Thank you, God, that you are our provider. We give you praise. Thank God when? Only when things go right is another way that we may answer that, right? I mean, this is, this is merely the beginning, though, of learning what it looks like to give God thanks. It, it's like, it's almost like a, a childish way of, of saying thanks to God. It's almost like having your manners and being polite to God is to say thanks to God when, when all things are going great, But look in verse 7 here of Psalm 138, and the psalmist is going to teach us something incredible here, and I hope you're ready for it. But Psalm 7 here teaches us about a deeper level of when to give thanks to God. What about giving thanks to God when things go wrong? Some of us say, well, my situation needs to get better. And when my situation gets better, that's when I'll give thanks to God. That's when a thanksgiving-type prayer is warranted. That's not always the situation or the circumstance that needs changing. Sometimes it's us that needs changing. Verse 7 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, are you hearing this? Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. See, verse seven is thanking God while walking in the midst of the trouble. Psalm 138 is not teaching us that, hey, once you get out of trouble, once all the bad and horrible things that have happened to you are over, then we want you to come to this nice, peaceful place, take a deep breath and just give God thanks. Verse 7 is thankful for God's protection through all the troubles. That God is in control over the battle that you're going through. That you're in the midst of a battle. There are all sorts of chaos happening all around you. See, David has been threatened much. And David has been protected much. Therefore, David gives thanks much. 
in the midst of much trouble. In the New Testament, it sounds like this. The Apostle Paul is writing 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 7, where he says, pray without ceasing. That means don't stop praying. Be praying all the time. Thank God when? All the time. Be thanking God all the time. See, we're not told to give, give God thanks for all circumstances that we're going through. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, that very next verse says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love this, that we're not being told to give thanks for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. If you're sick, you're not thankful. If you've just lost a loved one, you're not thankful. If you're alert and alive and noticing all the injustice going on in our world right now, and all the, the, the sickness, you're not thankful. If you're suffering, you're not thankful. In those circumstances, you can be sure, though, that God is at work, and you can give God thanks in those circumstances. An Old Testament prophet, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, that's a really cool name, right? Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17 says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there is no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, what does it say in the next verse, verse 18? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Verse 19, he goes on, because the sovereign Lord is my strength. Thank God, when? Think of Job. Think of Job's wife and Job's friends who end up telling Job, hey, Job, do what normal people do already. Just curse God. Do, yeah, do what normal people do. Curse God. If there ever was a time to curse God, now is it, Job. Things are bad. They, your circumstances are horrible. And Job ends up saying this. Shall we only receive good things from the Lord? The Lord gives, yet the Lord also takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, Job's life is collapsing, but Job is able to give thanks to God. Give God thanks when? Job knew the God who gave it. Job knew the God who took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank God when? Well, we think of Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, imprisoned unjustly, and at the midnight hour, the jail keepers could overhear both Paul and Silas begin to praise God. They were singing in there. Now, why in the world would you thank God and even sing to God in that situation? The only thanking God when things are going well is like being some little child. It's like some little, some little kid. But growing up in our relationship with God is expressing gratitude when things are going wrong. 
right? You'll, you'll notice when God is beginning to help you learn this and you're beginning, beginning to experience growth is when God allows you to begin to give thanks when things are going wrong. You'll remember in the Old Testament, Moses is a character that basically taught that, hey, when God blesses you, uh, give God thanks. Be thankful. Remember God. This is sort of like an entry level of when to give God thanks. And David takes us deeper. David goes a little deeper. He says, give God thanks in the middle of trouble. Look at Psalm 23 with me. You'll perhaps remember the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even though I walk through the darkest time in my life, God is with me. It's thanking God for God's presence. That God is with you. It's not just thanking God for his stuff. It's not just thanking God for the things that God gives you. That's when you thank God. It's, it, it, it's learning to... David there in the 23rd, 23rd Psalm is teaching us uh, about learning to eat with enemies all around you. That's, that's what giving thanks to God is really all about. It's not just giving thanks to God when everything around you is peaceful. But Psalm 23, being seated at God's table is a place of stability that you can indeed give God thanks when there's enemies and chaos all around you and learning, learning how to do that. Learning to keep my eyes on God in the midst of loss. Learning to keep my eyes on God is what he's teaching us at his table. In the midst of there being a threat on my life in the middle of bad health, in the middle of suffering, that all hell could be breaking loose in your life. But you can say, God is with me. All hell can be breaking loose in your life, but you can say, it is well. It is well, like that old hymn. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. All sorts of ridiculous stuff going on all around us. But giving God thanks in the middle of that trouble helps us leverage these things that are bothering us and turn those things towards God who's going to use it in some miraculous and in some beautiful way. Thank God when? Eugene Peterson, in his book on the Psalms called Answering God, he quotes Nobel Prize winning writer Isaac Bashevia Singer, who says, I only pray when I am in trouble, but I am in trouble all the time, and so I pray all the time. <laughs> That's true. Do you, do you see the urgency? Do you see the intimacy, but also the urgency of prayer? When to give God thanks? All times, at all times, because we are in trouble at all times. Now the fourth thing that we're learning here from Psalm 138 is thank God why? Thank God why? 
Every thank you note has a reason to it. Yeah, there's a person that it's addressed to. There's a way that you express your thanksgiving. There's a time that you do it. There's a time for that thank you note. And then there's some beautiful reason. Why give thanks? Why give thanks? Here's the benefit. Here's the benefit of giving thanks. Verse 8 in Psalm 138 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. But thank God, why? God has done so much for me. God has done so much for you. God is so much to me. God is so much to you. What should I render to the Lord? What should I give back to the Lord in return for all that God has given me? That's a natural question that we have. That question is asked in the Psalms, Psalm 116, verse 12. What should I render to the Lord for all of his benefits to me? And he answers the question by saying, I will lift up the cup of salvation. I will lift up my cup. No, does, what in the world does that mean? I will lift up the cup of salvation. Does it mean to just lift up a cup and, and toast the Lord? Oh God, we're giving you a toast. He says, I will lift up my cup and call on the name of the Lord. You want to make God's day? You want to make God's day? Hold up an empty cup. Hold up an empty cup. Hold up hands that say, oh God, I, I, I need you. I need you. Eugene Peterson in that same book on the Psalms called Answering God, he, he says that prayer is the language of the people who are in trouble and they know it. And who believe or hope that God can get them out. But thank God, why? I'm better off. I'm better off. You and I are better off. We're blessed as we give thanks to God. In the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, when you give God thanks, you are in God's will. And when you're grumbling or when you're living on greed and wanting more, you're outside of God's will. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Now, now we know this verse, and if you don't know this verse, I am encouraging you, go read and memorize this verse. You, you'll need it. You'll, you'll need this verse. Verse 28, chapter 8 in Romans says, we know that means there's a deep assurance. We know, like, like of all the things that you know, you, you can know this for sure. We know that all things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to God's purpose. See, see that God is making something happen. That's what Psalm 138 verse 8 here is saying, that, that, that God is making something happen. The steadfast love of the Lord. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to remember you. That his purposes, his plans for you are going 
to be fulfilled, that God is good. Maybe this is similar to like the ingredients of your favorite dessert. If you think about any of those individual ingredients, maybe a stick of butter, uh, maybe a cup of sugar, the salt, the flour, the gluten-free flour, any of those individual ingredients have no appeal to themselves. I mean, literally, can you think about eating a stick of butter all by itself? How ridiculous, how unappealing. Then somehow, in the, the, the glorious, beautiful mystery of that blender, how all of those ingredients are joined there together. Still perhaps no true appeal, yet then they're put in the fire, aren't they? They're put in, the, in that oven, and guess what happens after a little while being in that oven? Oh, that's right. You can smell it right now. There's this smell that begins to come out of the oven that begins to beckon and call you closer. Perhaps people on, on your hall or, or, or down the block start coming. This is perhaps a small way of, of us even beginning to understand how God uses all of the ingredients, the suffering and the good, for God to bring about his good things. And we think about Joseph in the Old Testament, and we talked about him some last week. He was abused. He was falsely accused. And if you asked Joseph, hey, why can you give thanks, Joseph? Why can you give thanks? I mean, why? I mean, your brothers put you in, into slavery. You know what Joseph would say? Joseph would say that God was doing something. That yes, they meant it for evil. But God, God was doing something wonderful. God, so that when the time of famine came, Joseph could say that I would be second in command in Egypt and I could help my family and others survive the famine. Jesus, the story of Jesus there in the New Testament when he's there with some 5,000 people and commentators say it's more like 15,000 people counting women and children He's there, and of course, he feeds all of those people. And as he's feeding those people, those 5,000, you know what Jesus does before he takes those five loaves and two fishes? He gives thanks. <laughs> Jesus gives thanks. I mean, how in the world are you going to give God thanks for five loaves of bread and two fish to feed 5,000 people? And the reason why is you give God thanks for what you have. You give God thanks for what you have, even though you don't have what you need sometimes. You certainly don't have what you want. But see, by the time they open their eyes at the, at the end of that prayer of Jesus giving God thanks, everybody is fed. Everybody is fed in that story. And there's baskets of leftovers. Thank God why? Verse 8 here in Psalm 138 says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Jesus gave thanks at the Last Supper. In closing, remember this, that Jesus gave thanks at the Last Supper. Why? Jesus at the Last Supper, that meal of communion as he's breaking bread and pouring out wine, symbolizing that his body would be broken and that our sins would be forgiven by his blood, he could give thanks. That's why. 
And that's why we enter into things. Let this psalm encourage you. Let this psalm encourage you that as you write that thank you note, write it to God. Write it with singing and with dancing and and as you express creatively your gratitude to God. And do it not only when things are, are going great, but do it in the middle of trouble because God is our deliverer and because the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Let's give thanks right now as we pray and as we prepare our hearts to partake of this Lord's Supper together. Father, we give you great thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, O God. Thank you that you are you are in a class. You are in a personhood all by yourself. That there are there is none like you among all the gods. And so we turn our thanksgiving specifically toward you, O Lord. Shape us to be grateful people, not greedy people, not grumbling people. Shape us to give you thanks, not only when things are going good, but in the middle of trouble. For surely your love endures forever. We pray in your name, King Jesus. Amen.